Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. SWAT Radio is part of His Light International Ministries and its mission is to equip men in sound biblical instruction for the purpose of godly living. We believe, as Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Our greatest desire at SWAT Radio is to see Christian men shepherd their families, serve the local church, and seek the welfare of their cities, all for the glory of God. And we're glad you've tuned in today. This is Brad Sykes hanging out with my good buddy, Doug McCary. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing an overview of Acts chapters 1 through 16 as we've gathered back together for the fall semester at SWAT. Last week, we looked at chapters 1 through 8. This week, we're looking at chapters 9 through 12. And over the next hour, and again tomorrow, we're going to examine Acts chapters 10, 11, and 12 and take a deeper look into the fruit of discipleship. Just as a reminder, SWAT Radio is a live broadcast, and I want to encourage you to call in with your questions or comments or just an encouraging word. We love those. Uh, the number is 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. If you're unable to call, you can email us uh, at ask at SWATradio.com. You can also go to the website, www.SWATradio.com. If you, uh, Doug, I get text often that says, hey, do you remember when you had such and such guest or y'all were talking about that topic? Hey, go to that website. You can go check it out there. But uh, how you doing, brother? Good. I, you know, I uh, was thinking again about you know I know the uh, uh, that Queen Elizabeth was laid to rest, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday. But a couple of statements came out uh, after that, after everything happened yesterday, and I, I think it was, I think it's worth noting because you know in life, did, did you think much about the Queen of England? Really? Not at all, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah I yeah. didn't either. Yeah. Like, so we go through life, and we, I mean, here she is. She's not ostentatious, you know. She's not bringing attention to herself. And uh, you know, um, one of the archbishops said that the pattern for a lot of leaders is to be exalted in life and forgotten in death. Mm. And here she was. She was. She had this humility about her, this grace about her, and. Um, you know, one of the people that knew her, one of the ministers that knew her, um, talked about her. Um, he said she was so immersed in Scripture that she evangelized naturally. Wow. Now, now <clears throat> I had not if, heard if, that. If somebody would say that about me after oh. I died, that would be an incredible testimony to what god has done in my life right i mean oh my word think about that she was so immersed in the bible that she evangelized naturally well isn't it interesting that and again i didn't follow the queen i I don't really watch a lot of stuff that would lead me to have any interest in that but you would think if that was of high value to a nation that they would make that uh, front and center. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, to your point, wouldn't that be great to be said of you? Yeah. That, that that the gospel, that you were so saturated in the scriptures and the word of God that it would just be a natural outpouring of your life. I, yeah, I, and she exuded humility. I, after 9-11, she kind of became known for this statement she made. She said, grief is the price we pay for love. I mean, think about that mm-hmm. for just a second. And that, that has been requoted and requoted. She was... She was very graceful and in the moment, wherever she was. One time she was over in uh, Australia, and, you know, the Australian government and the Aborigines would a lot of times be at odds or whatever. And so she quotes an Aboriginal proverb (laughs) uh, that says, We're all visitors to this time, this place. We're just passing through. Our purpose here is to observe, to learn, to grow, to love, and return home. Well, in her mind, home is with our creator. Yeah. And it's where we were made to be. And uh, that's where she is right now, in the presence of the Lord Jesus, which is an amazing thing to think about. And I don't know if you're out there going through your world, you just flipped on the radio, or maybe you listen regularly, or maybe you listen to a podcast. But uh, especially to our brother over in England who, who tunes in, um, you know, this time is limited that we're going to be here. And when you have a passing, you, you know, usually you have somebody in your family, but even a head of state, you, you become aware that life isn't forever. She lived long and she ruled did. longer than most. I mean, you know, Lori and I were laughing last night because they said they still haven't really released the cause of death. She's 96. Yeah. It's like, okay. She died from old age. Her mm-hmm. body shuts down. These bodies right. deteriorate. Uh, and, and and so at some point, we all pass from this life to the next. And if we are not in a right relationship with the God of all creation through Jesus Christ, then we are going to pass into an eternal state of damnation with him. And that's a terrible place to be. Mm-hmm. And I just i am very thankful that all this has come out. It's just kind of really weird. That's coming out about her. And yesterday we shared Pete Hegseth on, on a major news channel is sharing the gospel right. with people. And it's kind of a weird time, isn't it? Well, and <clears throat> this is where you sit in this studio and you realize we're so thankful that God has, by his grace, granted us the ability to get behind the mic and speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that... Uh, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession that we might proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into light. Mm-hmm. And you think about as we go through our day, how many, however many days, minutes, hours you've got left in life, how much of that will be spent proclaiming the good news of the gospel? And, you know, Doug, I wish I could say it was more frequent than it is. Uh, I wish I could say it was, uh, you know, I didn't have to get behind these mics to to do that, that God grants us that opportunity on a daily basis. And it's a great privilege, and and we are are so appreciative of people who have given to make this possible and allow us to do this because our goal every day is to glorify Jesus Christ, to lift him up, 
so that men might be drawn to him and women might be drawn to him. And, uh, you know, as we, as we go through it, if you're just tuning in, you're going, well, what is this? These two guys talking about Jesus and the queen and everything else. Well, during the first 15 minutes, we usually just talk about things going on in our world from a Christian worldview. And, and then in, in the second segment, we get into the teaching for the week. And we've been working through Acts. Um, and we're giving a review because next week at SWAT, we're going to start teaching uh, where we left off, which will begin with Acts 17. But this week and next week on the radio, we're reviewing. This week, we're reviewing Acts 9 through 12. Next week, 13 through 16. And then the following week, we'll pick back up with the teaching. So, um, and it will look considerably different than what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Actually, actually for the last, last eight week, weeks, Yeah, because we've been doing a kind of a topical thing on the, the whole gospel according to Jesus and now right. review. Right. But that's all right. It, it's, it's still all focused around the Word of God. You'll hear Brad and I talk a lot about God's Word and trying to explain different things about it. But uh, as we review Acts 10 and 11 today, it's really – an exciting passage for me and Brad because we're Gentiles. I mean, uh, right. we're, we're not Jewish people. And, you know, the Gentiles were kind of excluded uh, from the plan, not by God, but his people didn't quite have that figured out. You yeah. know, even though God said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hey, you're going to bless all the families, all the nations. Well, it's really interesting as we work through this and we see that God uses a Roman centurion to be the the barrier breaker of the glass mm. ceiling. I mm-hmm. mean, isn't that funny? Yeah, isn't it? Because they hated the Romans, man. <laughs> right. They, I mean, they <clears throat> detested, they were oppressed by the Romans. And God uses uh, a Roman centurion to be the one. Well, I think it's a good reminder to go back and look at Acts one eight, mm-hmm. where Jesus said, "You, you, <clears throat> you know, you, you're going to go to the outermost parts of the earth," and for them that would in that would have included the Romans, you know, those in Rome, and and you know, for us, it's a good reminder for us. Yeah, who have we written off? I thought the teaching yesterday was so spot on, something we're very familiar with, but how easy we. We kind of write people off as, man, they're so far gone. Well, yeah. And people would have written me off probably. Well, and you know, Brad, you bring up a good point that we, when when we read the Bible, God does not give us the Bible to read and think about everybody else. It's for us to think about ourselves. James says it's a mirror. Yeah. And you, you say all the time, the word has to go through us. Well, we're going to see today that the disciples, even they were though they were apostles, even though they were spirit filled, they weren't leaning on the word like they should have been. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, if you go and you read Jesus' teaching, every time Jesus is speaking in the New Testament, just about it, he's going back to the text, back to the text, yeah. back to the text. Why? Because God has continued to lay out His plan. But if we don't know his word, we can't apply it. And then if we do know it, it has to be something that we apply to our life. Yeah, Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Don't be merely hearers of the word. Be doers. 
Well, we're glad you joined us on SWAT Radio today. Our phone lines will be open during our third and fourth segment. If you want to join the conversation, the phone number is 844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. If you have any questions or comments, email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as we dive into our text for today. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a no- Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This week we're doing an overview of Acts chapters 9 through 12 as we look at the fruit of discipleship. Yesterday we did a, I just call it a flyover of Acts chapter 9, which is certainly a familiar text to many of our listeners. Oftentimes we hear teaching on a familiar passage like Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus and quickly tune out. Even yesterday, Doug, I was reminded of the scope of God's grace. Of all people, God converts Saul. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Romans eleven thirty three, where Paul says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Yeah, and you know, Brad, you and I get into discussions many times with people who really struggle with the sovereignty of God hmm. in salvation. Everybody's right. fine with the sovereignty of God <laughs> in the world, but when it comes to salvation, they're you know, they're like we choose. Right. We, we choose. And that we just covered yesterday probably one of the most uh I think it is the best illustration of God's sovereignty and salvation. Mm-hmm. And today is the next best. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you, know, you you got Saul, who was the persecutor, and then you have a <laughs> Roman centurion. And notice in this passage, we're looking at Acts 10 and 11, that, you know, I, I went back over my outline, and the first idea for this text in chapter 10 is a divinely orchestrated plan. That means... God was involved from the beginning mm-hmm. in choosing his people, yeah. his timing, and his way that those people would be brought into the kingdom. Right. And that applies to us too. Mm. That's just when you think about that, 
And people go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I don't believe in that. Well, let me take them to Galatians 1.15 where, where Paul, writing to the Galatian church, says, but when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, you, you have to just pull that verse out of the Bible if you don't believe in God's right. sovereignty and right. salvation. Right. Um, what about, you know, um, uh, you know uh, Acts 13.48? which is we'll get to uh, next week. But again, uh, I'm sorry, a, a, Acts 13, uh, yeah, 48. Um, when you see 1348, and what does it say, Brad? Yeah, it says, And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life Wait a minute, that believed. sounds to me like God had something to do yeah, with it. Yeah, that's there. right. And so yeah. God is sovereign in choosing his people, his timing, He's in his plan, who he sends, when he sends, how he sends. He is, he is the one responsible. Mm-hmm. And and you go, wait a minute. If that's true, then why can how can you blame anybody for not choosing? Well, you got to go to Romans nine where Paul <laughs> deals with that. But in this text, we also saw that there's some divinely ordained priest. Um, you know, in Exodus nineteen, Moses says we're a kingdom of priests. First Peter two nine, a chosen race, Peter says, a royal priesthood that you may proclaim. And we are those priests today. And we have a responsibility to be part of God's plan. And just like Queen Elizabeth was so involved in the scriptures, the more you're involved in God's word, mm-hmm. the more prepared you are for it to naturally come out of you. Yeah. It's not be, forced, right? Be, be ready at all times to give a defense for the gospel. Yeah, and you you got to be ready. And then we saw that you, you will have an opportunity to profess. Now, what's so significant about Peter doing this? Well, what did they do to Peter's master? They killed him. And who's sending for Peter to come to his house? Uh, a Roman centurion. Mm-hmm. The same people that, killed. that crucified Jesus. I'm thinking about that for a second. Yeah. And so he had to be bold. There was this boldness, you know, of him to obey God. Because God said, hey, some guys are coming. You need to go. And 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 he, he had a choice to make. Just like every day you and I have a choice to make. When, when we know God's word and we're confronted with an opportunity to either follow God in his mm-hmm. word or follow ourselves and go away from his word. And... Um, First John says, whoever says I know him but doesn't keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. That's pretty clear, Brad. Right. But there's a whole element today that says, oh, you're just being legalistic. You know, and I mean, mm-hmm. you and I have mm-hmm. talked about that yeah. before. And, and why is it so important for us to obey God? Is it so that we'll earn God's favor? That's not it. I, it it's in what's seen in uh, verses 27 through 33. Notice what um, he says, Brad, in, in Acts 10 uh, down here, and you look at uh, verse 33. Read verse 33 of Acts 10. Yeah. Uh, so I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Cornelius, mm-hmm. this Roman centurion, says, we are here in the presence of God. So where is the presence of God? It's in Peter and the followers. Right. 
And so if we're not obeying God, then people are not going to witness the presence of God. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Do people need to have God's presence around them today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we live in a very dark and broken world. And, um, you know, Acts 3.19 says, times of refreshing come with his presence. Yeah. And and think about it. You ever, Brad, when you're, you know, you're around people that don't know the Lord, have you ever had anybody say, man, I don't know what it is about you, or I, I things just, I just feel better. I've had people say, I just, it's not me. Right. It's not me. It's it's the Holy Spirit yeah. in us. And well, it made me think even about what you're touching on. There is we were talking about it briefly yesterday, but my guest last week, Tim McKenzie, speaking out of Psalm one, where it says, "And he will be trans, he will be planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season." Mm-hmm. And you think about whatever season you're in right now. In fact, he talked about that word planted. It's actually the word transplanted. Mm-hmm. That you and I, if you're one of his, he's he's transplanted us out of a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light, and he's planted us by streams of water, mm-hmm. which yes. are to yield fruit in their season. Yes. And are we yielding fruit? Well, you see it right here in this text. I mean, Peter certainly totally obedient, you know, to go to meet the centurion and his family. And by the way, the centurion, I want to point out what it said about him. He feared God. He taught his family to fear God. He gave to the poor. He prayed continually, even though he didn't believe Jesus yet. Right. Jesus was on the scene when he was there in Caesarea. He would have heard, but he was still outside the scope because God had not wanted him in yet. And so when God moves through Peter, he's doing a work in Peter as well as the centurion here. Hmm. Because what did Peter see? Three times he was in a vision. He saw a sheet come down. And notice when, well, we're going to get in that in chapter 11. But I want to, when Peter goes there, he says, hey, we're all here. We're ready to hear. And in verses 34 through 43, he basically gives the gospel to him. Mm -hmm. And the gospel always starts with God. Look at verse 34. Verse 34, what does it say? So Peter opened his mouth. Which is a key thing, just to underline that right there. Yeah, it it starts with God, (laughs) not us. But you got to open your mouth. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. Yeah, that's true. you got to open your mouth, but it says, I understand that God shows no partiality. He starts with God. It's not about Cornelius. It's about God. God is the one that chose him. So the gospel always starts with God. Back in Genesis 3, when when uh, God told Adam and Eve, hey, I, I'm going to raise up somebody. The, the serpent is going to strike the heel, but he's going to stomp the head. Genesis 12, in you all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. Exodus 19, like I quoted earlier, you're going to be a kingdom of priests. All that was looking forward to, to what God was going to unfold. And notice he says it's not partial to anyone. Romans 2 says God shows no partiality. Uh, Ephesians 6, there's no partiality with him. You know, Colossians 3.25, there's no partiality. So, you know, the Lord 
just wants people, doesn't matter what skin color you are, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what economic group you come from, doesn't matter if you're from Venezuela or from uh, Iceland. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What matters is that God is working and bringing you to himself and you respond to the message. And so he's not partial. That was the second thing we saw in that last section. And then he presents Jesus of Nazareth. Notice he uses that name. You know, he he presents Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. And he, he goes how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He uses that name to say mm-hmm. this was the Jesus that was crucified who was the promised Messiah. And he goes back. Remember in Acts 5, he said, you killed him, talking to the religious leaders. Um, Jesus was the one who was the promised Messiah. So Peter's laying out the gospel, and Luke is just recounting it. And in verse 40 and 41, Peter testifies to the resurrection. He said in verse 40, he says that God raised him on the third day and caused him to appear to who? Not to all people, but to us who had been chosen by God. So he testifies, and and ultimately they become ambassadors. They become the priest that, that acts as a go-between between Cornelius. And what happens? We see in the last part of chapter 10, three things that happen at the moment of salvation. God gives the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have a public uh, confession of love and loyalty to Jesus. It's a privilege right there. Uh, there's a public confession in verse 47 and 48 where he, uh, Peter says, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people? Why was it so important? It was a public display of what mm-hmm. happened on the inside. And finally, they had a passion for fellowship with other believers. When you are responding to the gospel, they they said they want Hey, stay with us for a few days. They want to be around believers. And so that really closes out chapter 10, and it creates a little bit of a a problem for some of the circumcision party, and we're going to look at that in chapter 11 when we come back. Yeah, so knowing and applying God's Word is essential to following His plan. And so, uh, well, listen, I told you we were going to fly through this quickly, so we're going to take a break for national news. Again, we're glad you've joined us on SWAT Radio. We want to hear from you when we return. The number to call is 844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. You can also email us with your questions and comments to ask at SWATradio.com. A-S-K at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as Doug and I continue our discussion on uh, this uh, scope of God's grace. SWAT Radio, that's a little Need to Breathe, one of my favorite bands. But uh, we're glad you joined us as we're doing an overview of Acts chapter 10 and 11 today, specifically looking at, which 
we just covered in the first two uh, segments, knowing and applying God's word is essential to following God's plan. And now we're going to look at seeing God's intervention despite our disobedience. Yeah, actually, yeah, actually, you know, you and I were talking on the break. Listen to this verse from Isaiah. This is Isaiah 56. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and who does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Hmm. So where's Peter at? I mean, where's he at in this? I mean, does he not remember <laughs> that? I mean, or is he not remembering that? Because as we go through Acts 11, what we see is it says that all the people there, the apostles and brothers were in Israel, and the circumcision party criticized Peter saying, hey, you went to these foreigners mm-hmm. and ate with them. But Peter began and he explained to them Isaiah 56. That's not what it says. It says <laughs> he explained to them in order, hey, I was in Joppa. I had a vision, something like a great sheet. He's telling them in his experience. Now, he's giving a defense, but what about the scriptures? What about reminding them of the text? Where did Jesus take people? To the text. And and he didn't take them there. Uh, and he says, this vision happened three times, and the Spirit told me to go with him. And these six brothers went, and we went there, and he told them everything that happened. And verse 18 says, when they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying then to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Well, had they gone back to Isaiah and read, <laughs> or Genesis and read, they would have known. And and so what God does is he reveals that his plan is for a chosen unified people that, you know, those of the sons of Abraham, you don't have to be a Jew to be a son of Abraham. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a Jew to be circumcised spiritually. And, you know, our calling is to put God on display in a dark world. And those people, listen, we are to walk in a manner worthy, Ephesians says. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one baptism, one faith, one God and Father of all. We serve the one true living God, no other. It's not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. It's not Krishna. It's not uh, ourselves. It's not the U.S. government. It is Yahweh. He is Yahweh, the one true living God. And his plan is for his children to be giving other people that kind of message and hope. Mm. The message of Jesus, his king, he's Lord. And, you know, if you look uh, in verse 19, it says, Those who were scattered arose and went to Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. And that's what happens when you don't know the word. You don't know the word. So they're not speaking to the other people up there. Why? Why? Because they're just going to the Jews. But it says there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, 
who on coming spoke to the Greeks preaching the Lord Jesus. So God, like you just said, will intervene. If if we're not doing it the way we're supposed to, his kids are going to hear the word out there. Yeah. And yeah. he's going to get it to them. Despite us. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Antioch, by the way, Brad, it was the third largest city of the world in that time. Hmm. I want you to think about that behind Rome and Alexandria. And, um, you know, the church in Antioch was the first missionary launching church into foreign missions work hmm. outside when Barnabas and Saul kind of were set aside to go and do the ministry that eventually takes the gospel to Europe, right? They yeah. go to Philippi and ultimately in Rome, which is the center of the universe, basically in the world at that time. And so God will provide for his children. So if we're disobedient, so this idea, well, this person died because I didn't share, you know, they right. go to hell because <clears throat> I didn't share the gospel is wrong. If somebody is God's child, they're going to hear the gospel. That they may not respond to it till later, hmm. and it's a matter of disobedience, them not responding. But God is going to keep the hounds of heaven on them until maybe like the thief at the cross in the last moments of their life, they hear the gospel. Well, and I agree with you. I don't want to stir the pot here, but just as maybe going through someone's mind is where's the motivation to go share the gospel if God has sovereignly ordained who is his now we've heard that before. I mean, you've heard that, Doug, haven't you? What, yeah. what motivates you to share the gospel if you know that God is going to, God's will will be done regarding salvation? Uh, because uh, He tells us to. Okay, so uh, obedience. obedience. Yeah, obedience, and we should care because we don't know who's His and who isn't. Well, his. that's right. So I, I think one of the things I was just sharing with somebody at lunch today. Uh, as we had this gathering of people for prayer, was it it just blows you away when you realize, and you and I have spoken about this a lot, that God allows us to partake, to co-labor in the gospel. Mm -hmm. Broken men, broken women, uh, anyone who's listening to us Mm -hmm. is broken, and yet he still desires us to come and walk with him and to be uh, to proclaim the gospel. Yeah, and we think, don't know who's his, who is his. And the great commissions go into all the world as you are going make disciples, teaching them to obey what? All that I've commanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just giving them the message that Jesus is king and savior, it's teaching them, training them, helping them. Why? So they can do that. I mean like you know, I think sharing the gospel for me has been one of the most personally enriching growth things in my life for learning the gospel myself as I share sure. with people exactly. and go out there. And so, um, you know, uh, this is part of God's plan. Uh, we we abide in his word. And it's like that, said, that guy, I keep going back to what that guy said about Queen Elizabeth. She spent so much time in the scriptures that it just naturally overflowed. Mm-hmm. Evangelism is an overflow of our own love relationship with God. Yeah, it, it, it is. And so um, so we see that these people go up to Antioch and they share the gospel. And what do we see in 27 
and 30 of chapter 11, what they do, um, and you quoted this verse earlier, I think we are his workmanship. Didn't you say that, Ephesians 10? Actually, I think I did First Peter 2, 9, but yeah. Oh, oh, well, Ephesians 10, everybody knows Ephesians right. 2, 8, and 9, right? For by grace you're saved. But Ephesians 2, 10 says, We are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so one of the things we see in this text is, is the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. They cared about other people. Boy, do we need people that care about others more than themselves mm. today. Uh, I just think, you know, Brad, yesterday I was watching the news, and a guy in New York at, at a McDonald's on Friday got into an altercation. He was hitting on a girl in there. And it, it irritated, I guess, the boyfriend or some boys that were around her. And so they got into a physical altercation. This guy pulled out an axe. And people are literally videotaping this guy with an axe going towards these people. Now, he didn't hurt any of them. He broke a bunch of stuff. But I was just struck by the fact nobody was securing this guy. Nobody was going to help these people. But they're videotaping it. We live in such a... Uh, uh, observatory world in the sense that uh, voyeuristic world where we want to see everything. We will watch somebody get hurt and not do anything to help them. Hmm. How di- what's, what's the difference between that and the whole Good Samaritan thing? Just walking right by them. Hmm. I mean, and so if, if we are God's children, we uh, care about other people more than ourselves. And, you know, that's always kind of been a trademark of this country i mean in world war ii you go back and think yeah. about all the medal of honors all the guys that were laid down their life for freedom and for their family so for their kids and mm. all that stuff and and now i just read an article the other day it said america's volunteer force is in danger i saw that uh, too because they don't care anymore and right. now we're, we, we care more about if a guy can say he's a girl than we do teaching our kids to be on third, like you know they do at camp, yeah. uh, to to put God first and others second, and myself third. And so we have a bunch of narcissistic people in our culture. Um, and you and I were talking not too long ago. We we're narcissistic. We're all it's impacted everybody. It yeah. But I was thinking uh, we're going to take a break here in a second. But I was thinking about when we were over in Israel with you, and uh, I remember walking down the Mount of Olives. And that, that scripture that comes to my mind is when Jesus looked, it says that he had compassion because they were they were sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. They were lost. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're to be Christ-like, compassion ought to be one of the first things that we have toward people who are lost. Mm-hmm. Because, it, But most of the time, Doug, we're, we're more you know, shaking our fist at lost people, thinking or believing that they're going to behave in a way that, you know, saved people act and reminding ourselves they're lost. Well, yeah. They're and, without Christ. And and that's why you hear us talking over and over and over about God's word. People, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, you, you need to be reading the Bible devotionally every day, reading it 
like you get up and take a drink of water in the morning, just letting God's word and you go, I don't understand everything. Well, ask God to help you and keep reading. You know, the problem is not that we don't understand. It's the things that we do read. We don't we like don't do. and we yeah. don't do. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, anyway, yeah, well said when we come back from the break, Doug and I will take your calls. The number to call is 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. Again, you're, if you're not able to call, email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. We'll be right back for our final segment. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. broken sky traced out by the city lights my world from a mile high best seat in the house tonight touchdown in the cold black top hold on for the sudden stop breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos hey welcome back to SWAT radio for those who are new to SWAT radio SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth SWAT is a teaching ministry that seeks to equip and encourage men in their daily walk with Jesus Christ. This broadcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you and corporate sponsors who support clear and unashamed teaching and discussion of God's Word. If you are interested in learning more about SWAT Radio or one of the many SWAT Bible studies for men, go to SWATradio.com. Click on the SWAT meetings tab, and there you will find uh, various meetings that take place in person, and we would obviously love to have you join us in person. If you're interested in supporting or sponsoring SWAT radio, click on the support tab for further information. Our phone lines are open for this last segment of the day, and we would love to hear from you. Call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. You know, Doug, as I examine Acts chapter 10 and 11, I realize the importance of knowing the Word of God mm-hmm. when de- determining the direction of my life. Yeah. You know, and I, it, you kind of touched on it earlier. So often we're we're easily distracted in the world we live in. 
right? Yeah, we are. He's just talking about all the, in fact. Uh, Whether there's a device or, or. Oh, my goodness. Anything. I, I had this little note in my Bible. I mean, you know, I feel like in the West, we, we wake up and the first thing we go to is something else that's going to feed us. Yeah. You know, and I say feed us, I'm talking about the, the information that we're going to receive into our minds. Mm-hmm. And yet scripture tells us to renew our minds. Yeah, uh, I, I've kind of gotten in the habit, Brad, that I don't look at the device until after I've gone into this. Yeah, that's good. I don't want to start my day off with news or text or emails because I found that when I did that, and things would get distracted, and I, before I know it, I'm all caught up in stuff, and then my time to spend oh. in the Word's gone. <clears throat> Easily, easily distracted. In fact, uh, our friend Brian Doyle, who was my guest a couple of weeks ago, as often is the case, we have great conversations during our breaks, and we got to talking about memorizing Scripture. And uh, he said he was uh, challenging a lot of the guys that he spends time with to memorize Colossians 3. And I said, count me in. I'll, I'll do it with you. And so Vic and I have been memorizing Colossians 3. And, and I, I, I may have mentioned this to you last week that, you know, when, when when I'm challenged to memorize something, it's almost like I wake up with it ready to be spoken. And so oftentimes Vic and well, I go. because it gets in your mind. It does. It really it kind of gets to that point we were talking about last week that, that Tim brought up is the idea of meditating, that word meditating, yeah. uh, day and night. Listen, it. If you watch, you know, just name your TV channel. If you watch that news constantly, do we really need 24-hour news? <laughs> no. Not only is one channel doing that, there are literally dozens of channels that are 24-hour news. Yeah. I, uh, I shared that story years ago when we first started SWAT radio because I think we had a hurricane coming our way. But it was like, you know, the, never the, the whole weather channel, you hear about a storm that's, you know, uh, 1400 miles off the coast and you're tracking that thing you know and you're watching it and you're you like watch it for eight hours yeah right? like it like it you know it, like it's going it to dramatically it's, it's not going to dramatically change your life yeah and, and again i'm not that's not to say we shouldn't be up on what's happening in the world but where do you go first yeah seek his you know seek the kingdom of god first well and you know brad I, during the break I, I i looked up this text um from Hosea, um, and it says, I will sow her for myself in the land. I will have compassion on her who had not obtained compassion. I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people, and they will say you are my God. That's just one of many. What is that verse? There. That's Hosea 2.23. Hmm. And, and so there's all these <laughs> verses in the Old Testament that the disciples um, should have known. And they didn't because they were only thinking of their, their, well, you know, James and John were arguing about who was going to be the greatest. And so um, it, it's just really um, instructive for us to not only know the word, but to apply the word. And, you know, you've got preachers in our culture today who tell people, well, you can't say the Bible says or you can't really use the Bible as an authoritative source. That's baloney. Listen, God has not called you to make anybody believe anything. 
but he has called you to be a witness of what his word says and your own relationship with him. And so as you share about your relationship with him, tell people what the word says about how to know Jesus Christ as Savior and King. Tell people what the word says about what God um, expects of his people. Mm. We are to be witnesses. We're to be ambassadors. You know, I think one of the most disobeyed commands from God is be his witnesses. I, I, I think about it. All the when you, when you got ninety percent of people professing to be believers, but they don't tell people about Jesus. Mm. How can they? How can they really be followers of Jesus? Well, let's get into that for a second, if you don't mind. Okay. All right. Uh, so I was thinking about you've shared statistics here about the number of people who claim evangelical belief, you know, Christ followers yeah. that have never shared their faith. They've never shared the gospel. Yeah. You know, it, you're going to be, you know, in Acts 1-8 where Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Mm. You know, and, and I've heard you even teach on that regarding, you know, what is what is the purpose of a witness in a court of law? To tell everything that they saw, what they heard, or what they experienced. Right. Right. That's the point. So yeah. so regarding being a witness, because I think there's I'm not I know there's not confusion within these four walls, <laughs> but I think there is some confusion out there. Yeah. Is is w- would you consider inviting somebody to church witnessing? Um well no. No, you invite them to church. You're inviting them to come be part of what y'all doing. They now at church they may witness something, but but just to invite being a witness of Jesus Christ means that you are sharing with someone some part of the message that Jesus is King and Savior, mm-hmm. and God has called people to be in a right relationship with himself. And it starts with God, just like Peter did with Cornelius. It starts with God, and you it, you reveal that we have a need. Nobody goes to the doctor and takes chemotherapy unless they believe they have cancer. Correct. And so nobody's going to be interested in the cure of Jesus if they don't believe they're sick. And so I, I tell people all the time, if you're witnessing to somebody and they're prideful, don't give them grace. Give them the law. Ask them, have you ever stole anything? Have you ever lied? Mm-hmm. Have you ever committed mm-hmm. murder? Well, no, I'm never murdered. Have you ever hated anybody? Oh, well, yeah. But Jesus says that's murder. Where? Or Matthew 5. Go there. It's in that or, you know, it's right. in Matthew five. Right. Um, so, witnessing is not inviting somebody to a meeting. That's that's inviting somebody to a meeting. Mm-hmm. Witnessing is when you are being a witness of something, right. <clears throat> whether it's a good restaurant, a football yeah. game, or whatever. Yeah, you know. Well, that was kind of my point. Uh-huh. I feel like we've we've confused that. Uh, and and that's not to say you can't invite people to church. I think no, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I think the idea is if we are to be uh, be witnesses, yeah. If w- then we are to testify uh, to the things you've heard, things you've seen, and things you've experienced. Specifically, Doug, wouldn't you agree that's even in your own life? If I'm 
I don't testify about what God's done in your life. I testify about what God is doing in my life. Yes. Uh, and that's not a rosy picture necessarily either. No. It, it's talking about that you once you were in darkness at one point. It's it's uh, it's being an authentic uh, witness of who God is and what He's done in your life. Yeah. You know, of best you know, it, and, and I think a lot of times, Brad, people feel like they've got to have all the answers. And, you know, we don't. Yeah, uh, I agree. We, we, we just have to know the guy who has all the answers, yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to tell people is, you know, this is this is the guy you want to know. Uh, the guy who uh, was raised from the dead, that's the guy you want to be listening to. I was uh, I was thinking about so we're talking about Gentiles and reaching Gentiles. I know we're going to we're going to close out here in just a minute, but I was thinking about John 10 verse 16 says and and i have other sheep that are not of this fold jesus speaking here i must bring them also Mm. and they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock Mm. and one shepherd it's one of i love that verse that's a yeah that's that's a great text and again why did jesus say that because that's what's in the old testament text that's what's there it's all throughout but the, the disciples did not get that at this point. Um, and, you know, again, there's going to be things that we don't get. And where do we go to get it? We keep going to the text and we hang around people that do get it. And if you're not in a Bible study, I hope that uh, you may join us uh, here if you're in Jacksonville at one of the SWAT groups or on Zoom if you're outside every Thursday night. We have SWAT Zoom. We had guys from six states uh, the other night. Praise so, God. Yeah, well, listen, awesome. uh, you know, for those listening, if you're, if you're not plugged in to a men's Bible study, we are a men's ministry. So uh, any of you ladies out there who may know a guy who might benefit from this, send them our way. Go to SWATradio.com. Again, you can click on the meetings tab. You can see all the various locations we meet, including the Zoom call. But uh, as for today, that's a wrap. We're glad you tuned in. Join us again tomorrow as we continue our teaching on the fruit of discipleship. Doug, good to be with you, brother. You too. We'll be back tomorrow with Chapter 12. Until then, continue advancing truth. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual